I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is How Story Works. Okay, we're back from the wild ride that was structural analysis and about ready to move on to other things. But before we move forward, I wanted to take a little time to talk about pacing. Pacing is easier to understand with visual aids, so I'm going to have a PDF available for download, which will have a basic pacing timeline and then timelines for each of the movies we've discussed in our structural analysis. Check your show notes or go to chipperish.com to get your copy. So to review, story is a series of events with meaning. Structure is how those events are sequenced. Anchor scenes are the big moments that track the escalation of the central narrative conflict in your structure. And pacing is the speed at which the anchor scenes fall on a timeline. You know those moments when you're watching a movie or reading a book and your mind wanders or you just think, who cares? A lot of times the problem there is pacing. There isn't enough happening in the main story to hold your interest. Sometimes a writer sees something shiny in their story world and they run off to chase it for a while. Could be a subplot or another story altogether. If the writer doesn't know enough to keep a sharp eye on their central narrative conflict, this side trip can take too long, be too self-indulgent, or simply detract from the conflict intention they've been trying to build up in the main plot. For writers, understanding pacing is valuable because it keeps us disciplined, focused on the task at hand, and it forces us to question the value of every scene we put in our story, which is important. I'm not saying you can't have those subplots and side stories. I'm saying you should dance with the one that brung you. Your priority should always be your central narrative conflict, and if you stray away from that for too long or wait too long for a new escalation, that central narrative conflict is going to die on the vine. You have to tend to it, feed it, and pay attention. For critics and story appreciators, understanding pacing allows you to understand why something isn't working, and that's valuable. A good critic doesn't say, eh, I don't like it, I don't know why. You need to understand how these things work so that you can talk about the why. Pacing is part of what you want to know about a story because if you can identify the thing that kicked you out of the story as a pacing issue, it'll help you to set that aside and pay attention to the other elements that might be working better. The job of the critic is not to find fault. It's to illuminate. If you understand story, your ability to shine a light on the stories you interact with will only get stronger. Pacing is an essential part of that understanding. Generally, the anchor scenes are farther apart in the timeline in the first two acts and then very quickly huddled together toward the end. This is a representation of the escalating conflict and excitement. The fastest part of the roller coaster is never at the base of the first incline. The best way to get a sense of the pacing for a story you're writing or analyzing is to draw out a pacing timeline. I'm going to explain this process to you in general, and you can review the concept in the PDF that will have the pacing timelines for all the movies we've discussed to make it easier to visualize and understand. So the first thing you do is draw a long horizontal line and then put in three marks, one at the beginning, one at the end, and one in the exact middle. Then, depending on what you're analyzing, you'll put in either the page numbers or the number of minutes. For this example, I'm going to use minutes for a movie. 
One thing to keep in mind is to count only the story minutes. Some movies will have extensive ending credits that can run for five minutes or more. Mark the last minute of the story before those credits begin. So you start at one for the beginning mark. That's always easy. Now go to the end mark, all the way to the end of your timeline. That's the last minute of story. For this example, we're going to say it's a movie that is 90 minutes long without the ending credits. In that case, our middle mark is 45 minutes, halfway between 1 and 90. And that's it. You have now set up your pacing timeline. So once you have your timeline set up, you go into your structure sheet and find when all the anchor scenes happen. You mark them along the timeline according to what minute about in the movie or what page in the book they happened, and then you can see a visual representation of the pacing. Now granted, a scene may stretch over a number of minutes, a scene may stretch over a number of pages in a book, so just pick about the middle, about where it happens. Don't worry about being too terribly precise. This is just to give you a general idea idea of how these things land in the timeline. What you should see is an inciting incident very close to the beginning of the timeline. It should be within the first 5% of the story. Your second anchor scene, engaging with the conflict, will probably fall somewhere around the 30% mark. These are all general numbers. Don't get too wrapped up in them. It's just a general area. The midpoint will fall probably between 40 and 60%. The fourth anchor scene, no way out but through, about 70 to 80%. And then, boom, 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 dark moment, climax, and resolution, pretty much all between 90 and 100%. That's your standard pacing. But what about atypical pacing? I talked about trial movies in reference to A Few Good Men and Dodgeball. In those movies, you'll see an extended third act, and because of the inherent structure in trials, it can work just fine. Remember, I'm not talking about legal trials necessarily. A sports tournament is a trial. Any competition can be a trial if it has rankings and movement that the protagonist must move through. So trial movies have naturally extended third acts, which means your first four anchor scenes will happen much more quickly. And then there's this extended dead space for the trial. And then the dark moment, climax, resolution, boom, boom, boom. Because we have a trial holding up the third act, it's okay. That inherent structure in the trial is keeping us focused. Common pacing problems are an inciting incident that happens too late, a missing or weak midpoint, if you have several possible contenders for a midpoint, that indicates it could be stronger, or a climax that happens maybe too early, and then we're wandering around for a while with a resolution that takes an excessive amount of time. The movies we watched were pretty good with pacing, but if you review the PDF on the website, you can see how the anchor scenes landed, and decide for yourself if you think there are pacing problems there. Okay, it's been a while since I've had time for a question, but I've got a great question from Brandon who called in on the hotline, so let's hear what he has to say. Hi, Lonnie, this is Brandon. I just listened to your How Story Works episode on act structure, and I've been dabbling into fiction for the first time in my life. I've been doing these short story contests or flash fiction contests through through a website and... uh, I just want to know how does story act structure change or does it change when you deal with it on such a small scale uh, word wise? You know, if I'm limited to a thousand words or 2,500 words, how does the act structure change or does it? I'd love to know. Thanks a lot. I love your show. Bye. 
Brandon, thank you so much for calling in and thank you for asking this question. This is the question I get most often about structure, as the focus on the three-act, seven-anchor scene structure can make people feel like they have to apply that to anything they write. First of all, the three-act structure needs a long-form story to stretch out in. You can't fit three acts and seven anchor scenes into a short story or flash fiction. You need a structure that matches the scale of the story you're telling. In general, the longer the story you're telling, the more anchor scenes you're going to need to hold it up. The three-act, seven-anchor scene structure is good for traditional-length feature films and novels, but this is definitely not a one-size-fits-all kind of situation. So let's take a moment to revisit basic story structure. Remember, any structure will work as long as it does the following four things. 1. Starts the conflict. 2. Escalates the conflict. 3. Ends the conflict. 4 shows us how the world has changed. So those are the four things that every structure has to do. If you do these things, you're good to go. But another thing I wanna bring up, the intensity of the conflict can, will, and should vary based on the complexity of the story. So if you're doing a quick flash fiction piece, your story beats, and I say beats here because flash fiction could be only one scene, will do these four things at least, and you can accomplish that with a very low-level conflict. For example, let's say we want to write a flash fiction piece about a woman named Abby who is in line at the grocery store and needs a very particular brand of gum that isn't on display. The cashier wants to close up and go home for the day, but Abby needs that gum, and she knows they used to sell it there. It's not an option to just not get it. So you've got her conflict. She needs a pack of a particular gum, and she needs the cashier to help her. The cashier wants to go home. She doesn't want to go in the back and look, and that's our conflict. Is it a strong conflict? Sure, strong enough for a few beats of flash fiction. It's not enough to hold up an entire novel or movie. But that's not a judgment against it. In smaller stories, we get to zoom in and see what things really mean. Here, the gum isn't just gum. It represents something important. Say, her love relationship. So she's staring at this gum and she's thinking, I need to get Bethany's favorite gum. And she's feeling desperate. It's important. It matters. It's not just about the gum. Maybe she and Bethany have been fighting and getting this gum is her way of saying she's sorry. Maybe she's on her way to Bethany's funeral and she wants to put Bethany's favorite gum in the coffin. But it's important. It means something. With shorter pieces of fiction, you get to zoom in to these smaller experiences and draw all the meaning out of them. That's the amazing thing about short stories and flash fiction. You can launch, escalate, climax, and resolve that conflict all on one page. Abby gets in line and looks for the gum. It's not there. She asks the cashier about it. Cashier says, we don't carry it. Abby says, no, I used to get it here all the time and I need to have it. Can you please look in the back? The cashier points at the clock. She was supposed to close up 10 minutes ago, but she was waiting for Abby to finish shopping and now she needs to go. Abby pushes again, please. The cashier says she has three kids at home and a sitter on the clock. She's not spending 15 minutes hunting through the stock room. Abby takes out a $100 bill and gives it to the cashier. The cashier takes it, goes, and gets the gum. Abby wins. And then, as the cashier is making the sale, she asks why it was so important that Abby have that particular gum. And Abby says, it's my wife's favorite gum. I think she's falling in love with someone else. 
And boom, now Abby has the gum. And because the gum is so important, the fact that she has it now is how the world has changed in this story. She's convincing herself that a pack of gum will keep her wife from cheating. That's structure, and that's flash fiction. So you build your structure around what you want to do with your creative project. The three act seven anchor scene structure is just one structure that will work if you're doing something of that scale. But you can rejigger a structure and the intensity of the conflict to fit whatever the scale of your project. I hope that helps. Thanks for calling in, Brandon. All right, that's it for today. If you have questions about how story works, call 302-643-CHIP. That's 302-643-2447. And leave a message. Or you can email me at Lonnie at Chipperish.com or contact me on Twitter at Lonnie Diane Rich or at Chipperish with the hashtag HowStoryWorks. And if you're looking for feedback on your story, I do offer critiques of novels and screenplays. Visit Chipperish.com and click on For Writers for more information. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.